Love Talk Radio. No one can hear me say that, though, so it's okay. Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week uh, is going to be very interesting. This is, I feel um, like we just showed up after being out of school for a few days, exactly. and we just found out there's a test. Right. Like, I'm like, I, exactly. I kind of, I don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, at the beginning of class, you walk in and it says uh, the test you're taking written on the board. Yeah, right. You walk in and you, oh. Oh, yeah. I thought that was next week. Yeah. Uh, No, so uh, we got Horrible Bosses too. Right. And then uh, our plan was uh, Foxcatcher. Right. But only you have seen it so far, which, you know, you could. You could throw out your rating, I guess, and we could uh, we could talk. I yeah, I can I can gloss I only over saw part of like it. the it's first easy. twenty minutes or something. Yeah, I can do that quick. Um, but we saw horrible <laughs> bosses too, and uh, the movie broke twice. But so so we didn't see it all. On the other hand, I think there there could have only been maybe ten or fifteen minutes left at the most. I mean, it was like it was pretty close. It, it was pretty late, right, at that point, and the movie's not super long. Right. So there could not, and we were really in the end game of, of the movie. Everybody was racing. There was some music in the background. Right, there was right. a lot of car chasing. So you were, the, you were probably ten or fifteen minutes away from the yeah, end. Yeah, we couldn't have missed much. And, Who knows how it and ended? And really, there's nothing that could have happened that would change my opinion. I think so. So we didn't I see the know. end of the movie. There's, yeah. Uh, this is going to be weird. This is, I think, the first film that we've reviewed that we haven't. Right, the we, movie. we, we did haven't not seen the whole thing. The whole movie. So anyway, and uh, but you know, it's what a, a weird experience it, it, it was, and, and it broke twice, and it took a while, and it took a while, and and then we the second time it took a while before they called it right, and and to, and <laughs> to be finally they we, threw we saw it, yeah, we saw it last night, and the first time it broke, they you know the lights come up and they're working on it and they rewind it, and that was agony because we that have to watch. So it, they agony. rewound it really far back, and we right. had to watch a scene through its entirety that we didn't need to see again. But and not not at all the best scene. No, really, yeah, in, it wasn't it wasn't the, the funniest or in anything. A film full of yeah. not the best scene. Yeah. They still picked so, not the best and, one. And then when it broke the second time, obviously the joke was, you know, look, we know we're close, but how often? This is the funniest part of the film, you know, in a strange <laughs> exactly. way. But then they realized that they can't fix it and the house lights came up so it wasn't that we didn't enjoy enough that we walked out which thankfully and strangely hasn't happened yet we've seen some real clunkers and and we've actually seen the worst films that we've seen ever right not just for the show but uh, our personal like that was the worst ever and we we stayed for all those we have called it the worst movie we've ever seen and and this one we stayed for but we just couldn't see the end of this i gotta tell you though at uh right about 20 minutes i could have left yeah i know and I know. Right at about three and a half minutes, I could have left. Yeah, I, yeah. I could have easily went, this movie I, I know has this. Right. Uh, spelled itself out for me. I know exactly right. where I am, the whole rest of this movie. Right, right. And uh, it's interesting because we were talking about going into this movie. Uh, we we just happened to be, you know, shooting the breeze, right. whatever, talking about uh, user ratings on things. And, oh, yeah, right. Uh, you, you had that was asked, really weird. You'd ask me if I... You know, saw Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, them, which yeah. we you know frequently will like kind of throw out there. Horrible Bosses Two, not surprisingly, not doing spectacularly <laughs> not doing great yeah. on uh, either of those sites. But uh, then you were talking about the, the 
ratings that this had. Yeah. And it had some positive ratings. This is on uh, Metacritic. Metacritic, yeah. It had some positive ratings. Then it had a, a whole <laughs> slew of like in the middle Maybe, ratings, yeah. right? Yeah. And then it had some bad ratings where right. people are just going, look, this is this sucks. completely you know, stupid. Right. And not in any nothing that it thinks is funny is funny or right, whatever. Right. And but then so we were talking about the user ratings and the user ratings all really good. They were all basically like ninety percent of them were like this was really funny. This was great. This was a they're all real good if, time. If yeah. you're familiar with Metacritic, you know it's like uh, at a certain point your rating is green or then yellow or then red instead of you know fresh or not fresh right. whatever. And they're all in the green. Yeah. And I said yeah. you know that that's really an unfair thing. Because this is such a uh, solidly placed movie, right? Yeah. It's exactly where it is, and it's not surprising anyone, right? right. And in order to get a bad rating on, <laughs> on Metacritic, you have to surprise someone a little bit right. with your badness. You're right? like, oh, I have because no clue. Because yeah. they had to show up right. and go to the movie, right? Yeah. And no one is going into Horrible Bosses 2 going, I'm not sure if it's going to be good or not. I'll go right. check it out, right? Right. You either know you're going to like it or you know you're going to yeah. hate it, so you're not going to see it right. in order to have seen it and then rate it poorly. Right. You, right. you are predisposed in some manner. Uh, right. Poor or against. So the, only, so the only people who showed up and saw the movie yeah. and then are going to go rate it are the right. ones who like it right. because right. no one is forcing them to go yeah. like, like we are forced to go. Uh, before we get into uh, the ratings, we have a couple of things and probably time to kill because we can't really go in depth on Fox Culture. Yeah. And I, and this you might know, be a short episode. Next, Who knows? Next week, nothing is really the far and away gigantic thing, unless I'm missing something. I'll look real there, quick. There, I don't think there is. There, there's a bunch of stuff coming out. Right. But, but none nothing. of it is like huzzah. This is the, right. the giant movie of the week. Now, after next week, then then, then every week there's obvious. There's stuff. at least one thing. Yeah. Sometimes two. Yeah. There's nothing major. But uh, next week is is not a giant week, and next week is really going to kick off probably a month and a half of we're probably going to have like three or four things, bunches of things. Uh, yeah. And we'll uh, probably shove in you know Foxcatcher more. We we right. can Other may, things. maybe talk about it more. Yeah. In the- but there's all kinds of stuff. And plus, we may catch up on a few things right. that are, you know, maybe a couple months old. But, uh, you know, we can't review Man. every movie because we try to focus on one a week. At least when yeah. it's that right. time of year. Right. Man, tomorrow is December 1st. I know. And that means That's I've got crazy. 15 days. I know you're, you're, <laughs> the clock has started on you, but I'm just like looking at these and I'm like, OK, yeah. Wow. Hobbit's coming out quick. And these things and Annie. And, and I'm like, wow, wait, that's December 11th, though. Right. That's not that far away. So anyway, how, how can that? Not how be can that, that be? Um, yeah. But uh, before we get to it, to uh, the movies, we have uh, two questions. Cool. Uh, That'll fill and, time. And. And actually, in a way, I guess we have three questions. Uh, the first thing is from Bill in L.A. Hey, Bill. And and I think I kind of have at this point no hope to answer this question. So Bill <laughs> Bill may just Uh-oh. have to wait. But um, so Bill's uh, question is, uh, what's what's the story with Star Wars? Right. And do do we that's uh, an easy one. Do we know anything about it more than anyone else does? Do we feel positive? 
positive about it? What is our what are our thoughts? What's our instant reaction? Our, our, do we think we're uh, what's our instant to, reaction you know, to, to the, the trailer, to the that, teaser, that, yeah. to the movie that comes out in a year? Right. And uh, <laughs> you know, do we do we have have we seen other things other than the trailer? Do we have anything right. else to base right. it on? Do we right. have the script or you know whatever? I mean, do we have any part of anything yeah. that means anything? <laughs> and do we have any opinions? Right. Um, for me. Right. Uh I I am scared out of my mind yeah. for Star Wars. That right. that's really kind of my reaction at this. You point. saw nothing in the teaser that kind of relaxed you or the, tend, or like reversed that feeling. No, the trailer yeah. is okay, right? Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's 60 seconds. It, it's it, a it's teaser trailer. Really, it's really fast. It, and it's designed to just get everybody it's talking. It's fast and all it does is kind of uh you know, like trailers that you see that it's like um, you see a lot of stuff blow up. Right. But what's this story about or yeah. whatever? It's just it's just kind of like showing off yeah, special effecty things, whatever. Right. And it's just kind of going, ooh, look, it's coming back. And, you know, here we gave you something. It's right. a year from now. We're not going to give you all that much right, right. now. And, and actually, I I don't know a whole lot other than what anyone can find on the internet. Right. It's not like I've got uh most most of the time I I've seen a bunch of inside movies, screeners right? or something, yeah. Um you know, going into a movie maybe four or five months ahead, yeah. I I may see like parts of it or or something like that. Right. But, you know, this one's like too far away. Yeah. And and there's there's nothing else and there's certainly uh having enough problems with stuff leaking and stuff. They're right. not giving anyone anything. Right. Um, I'm just scared to death of this movie, right? Yeah. And I am, I suppose we should say in answering this question, I am, you know, firmly in the place of uh, really loving the the real first three, the chronological first three, whatever, however right. you want to refer to these movies at this point. Yeah. And really, really hating all of the other three. Yeah. Uh, I so really the, the original trilogy you loved, movies. the prequels you loathed, and right. now the sequels... Who knows? Right. I really hated everything about yeah. the prequels. Right. Like in in every possible way yeah. that, that you could hate them, and and mainly because when the first of the prequels came out, the whole movie is just like a video game, and I just hated it. It was just like I was watching someone playing a video game, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, like yeah. George Lucas has just spent too much time developing games, I guess, right. or you right. know, whatever. And and I I hated it, and I hated Jar Jar. Banks and I hated all yeah. these weird like plot references that were just seemed like you know I don't know can I sell this later can I make a toy right. out of this does this connect to what will be a level of the video game yeah. it was just awful and by the time I got to the third one and you're supposedly kind of somewhere right right there was actually like maybe the last half of the third one that I didn't hate yeah. But I couldn't get anything out of it, you yeah. know, because I had to suffer through the other two movies to get there, and they did not do what I wanted them to do well. Yeah. So anyway, so that's just kind of the background of going into it. So I'm just really scared. Yeah, I'm really happy that George Lucas has as little control over what goes on right. as he does, and right. and who knows. And there exactly are weird there are is. weird stories that have been coming out this last year, whether they're still true or not. That though he's not, you know, directing and and writing anything hands-on that he's, you know, he's an executive producing and they 
right. really big in the background. Right. And and that would make sense because he's not you know in the ground anywhere, and it's still the first lateral right, handoff right. of his stuff. But as little as he can have to do with it at this point, that's better. Right, theoretically. <clears throat> I, I saw it, uh, and it was really strange because this ties into the movie. It was supposed to be in front of horrible bosses, and we didn't see it. Right. So that was an interesting sign that maybe right. we were in trouble. It's a 60-second teaser, and it's designed to basically get people talking and to set the internet ablaze, and it did. And, and, and try and try to get people basically to go, I want to buy the toy of that lightsaber. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it, and, and you can see it anywhere online, obviously, right now. Look, I thought, I thought that the first 30, 35 seconds were very unimpressive. Right. And and I'm I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm like you to some extent. I love the original trilogy. I really hated the Phantom Menace. I warmed up to the others. Oh, yeah. I I think I put a lot of effort into it, and I do a lot of stuff there. But there's an awful lot of stuff about Attack of the Clones that I think is amazingly fun, and I just wish there had been more of. And then you know, the third I, one. I did like certain scenes. There's really you, great stuff you, going on in there. If you take those but, three movies as a whole, yeah. there there are some scenes that I thought yeah. were interesting, and you know there was some fun. There's not a whole lot to like about Phantom Menace, yeah. truly. I mean, Ewan McGregor is really great, but you know, and I, and this is one of these things that always bug me. This won't be the Star Wars podcast, but much in the same way how everyone came around to loving Boba Fett as being like the greatest character ever. Right. They all seem to get behind Darth Maul in that same way, and the guys in the film for like three minutes. Right. You know. And then, and that's a which, problem with the is, stories, which is so, a, which is exactly like Boba Fett because right. he was originally in not in anything, but right? people I mean, have made this thing. So my big feeling is there was a lot to really like about the teaser. If what you wanted to feel was like some push to look forward to and to talk to your friends, remember right. what's really fun about Star Wars. For me, the first thirty seconds looked a lot like the Phantom Menace. You know, it looked like oh, we have a new edgy variant on a lightsaber that we're all supposed to fall in love with right. immediately and it looked it looked kind of stupid to me right and then, we have and we have a rolling like, droid which looks kind of stupid to me and right. then we have some girl who jumps on like the sand speeder and, and takes off and that looks just like a darth maul scene I, I didn't see anything that wowed me but then 35 seconds in there's a fade to black and then the the john williams music which still gives me goosebumps Decades later, after right. first hearing it as a child, kicks in and I see the Millennium Falcon take off and spin like it's on a roller coaster. It's not flying straight on wires anymore. This thing's everywhere. And I got goosebumps because okay. that was and that's no that's no big thing that I couldn't have seen in a Force Unleashed video game or in some ad for some Lego Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. That's why it's kind of disposable and I don't trust it yet. But in that moment. Right. I remembered why I loved everything because it was familiarity and it was exciting and it was a new it was a, it was almost like seeing a deleted scene out of one of the films that we love right because you get to see what you really love in a different way and something you've never seen before and it's it's funny and, it's funny how that little teaser thing all, is like trying to be nostalgic it for is something at the same so long ago it is and and at, and at the same time it's got to you know sell it's really going to do people. a lot and, and and I think a lot of people will just love you know, a lightsaber that ignites backwards and kills you, you know, I think they would love that, you know, so in some regard, I really understand, and I'm really happy that they didn't show any of the old faces, that it really was just inanimate right things. that's that's like the you next, know that's the best part that'll the be next, the new trailer that's the next big thing on the internet too is that uh, right they didn't show and, right you know whatever want, they didn't show and, and to and, bill's statement in, in a way is this and we'll move away kind of quickly from it um going back to when the original batman with michael keaton and jack nicholson came out i used to watch uh with my friend joe at the time 
there were all these trailers and all these spots and scenes everywhere. This was one of these big, this was like the new Jaws. It was the new thing that you couldn't, you couldn't hide from. It was on every product placement, every channel. And after seeing the first trailer for it and being excited for it, I stopped watching them. And if we were in the movie theaters, this is a little infantile, but it actually, I feel like helped me. Like I would cover my eyes and look away. I didn't want to see anything because by the time the movie came and by the time I was sitting down to watch the actual movie, I wanted to see new things. I didn't want to have every moment ruined and there was nothing left. And I knew a lot of people that have said that about several movies, whether they're the matrix, whether they're star Wars, whether they're Batman, whether they're anything, I love a good trailer, but I'm always pretty good to watch just one. Right. And then I stop. The Avengers. I don't want to see when these films come out. I don't want to keep seeing these trailers. I'll watch them after the fact. But I want to be the guy who's sitting in the theater and being wowed by something that is so dead to everybody else because they've seen it 50 times right. on whatever Especially channel. when you have, you know, like so, the, like you said, the Avengers. You know, it's like it's not even just enough to have a trailer, but it's right. like clip after clip. And they got to show it all. And, and, and we see, the, see, we see all. these films all the time. One of the other things is in the wrong hands – and and I'll I'll grant J.J. Abrams' crew this, even though I take a lot of uh, swipes at them, they've always made very exciting trailers. Right. The Star Trek movies, which I have huge problems with, they're great. They're but very exciting. But the trailers exciting. suck you in. Yeah. I mean, the trailers and make no, you think. And no other trailer in my entire life has ever had the effect on me that the Phantom Menace's trailer did. This was this was at the perfect time back in 99 when you know things were really interesting with the internet. Everyone was still using AOL discs. Right. To get online, but I remember watching that trailer and thinking, "My God, my whole life is about to change again." Like right. Star Wars has got me again, and for months and months and months, all my friends we were always talking about it. It was always coming up. We were always watching it, being like, "Whoa, what is this thing?" You know. Right. And 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 I lived through that experience, and I was very happy for that experience because it was the best experience possible regarding the fan. And, and then you had to watch. The and movie. then I had to watch the movie, and everything and fell apart. It, but <laughs> I'll never forget that. In the and, corner and of your dark room. The next trailer for Star Wars is one that I'll see, but then I'll be right. done with it because right. I don't want to see all these things that I know they're going to give away. But I'm also in conclusion, like you, I've taken a lot of swipes at J.J. Abrams over the years. I think he's really, really, really like A-list talented at what he's great at. I think he's amazing at what he's good at and what he sucks at. He's so terribly bad at and he does it all the time. Right. So I'm I'm but, with you. I'm so, real, so it's real like wary How does this. it all shuffle together? And we don't know. And the problem is I love Star Wars, you know, from my childhood. I, I contributed as much to Star Wars mentally and emotionally as I got from it. You know, my mind always made comic book stories and I told stories and I played with action figures in any time there was a, you know, a, a paper towel roll. That was my lightsaber. Right. Like that movie affected me in such a big way that I can't go into this movie totally neutral and being like, well, I got burned last time. I'm really ready. I'm sure I'll be amped up and excited because it's Star Wars, right. but man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really, real nervous. I'm really it. interested so, to see. Anyway, I'm really interested to see the uh, subset of the population who <laughs> right. doesn't really Care, care about Star Wars right. or know about Star Wars all that much. I mean, you can't, yeah. you, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, like my own kids. You can only be so far removed from Star Wars because it's like Lego this <laughs> right. or, you know, the sure. the uh, various cartoon shows yeah. and all this stuff. And you've probably seen plenty of it. But I'm interested to see like somewhere between like, you know, 13 to 18 year olds who probably haven't seen all the other movies like 20 times. Right. 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 And I'd even be going into these movies, you know, I don't need to see the right. first or whatever. And what those movies do just like on their own to somebody, yeah. you, you know, 
I'd be really and that makes sense that and reaction. that makes sense in a lot of ways because you know we grew up in a time where Star Wars was it. Right. You know, I mean, you had Flash, you had all these other things, you had Star Trek films, and they came on eventually. Every other film was really great, but then you, we got a totally different age now. It's been a long time since right. Star Wars movies had any power. Harry Potter's taken over. There are all these right. other franchises that take over, and maybe you know it'll be interesting to see like how much gravity—no pun intended—but just how much gravity can right. this thing as an as a universe and, still pull? And, and they've got to like make it work so, for everybody. Yeah. You know, they've got to do a lot yeah. of stuff in in yeah. trying to put this together. So, okay, that's our tip, Bill. Uh, so, Bill's second part of the question, yeah. which that's the que- this is the question that I think that I I <laughs> yeah. have no way to answer right now is. Uh, his question is, so, so far, what's the best movie of the year? That's oh, his question. Man. I'm like, man, I tried to think about this for a while, and I'm like, I kind of got nothing right now. That's a little I, hard. I, I got nothing that I can say anything serious about. I remember you know? I remember last year and the year before, uh, a lot of the films that we saw in December were very high, if not the highest on our list. There was, right. two years ago, for me anyway, Wreck-It Ralph, which we saw in the summer, was the highest film. Right. But, you know, last year when we were seeing things, like Anna, you know, Twelve Years a Slave. All these films opened in December, and they blew right. us away. So, I, I mean, the easy answer is I don't know. Right. But I, I have to tell you though, yeah, I have no idea right now until I like sit down with it, right, and, and really and pull really, over it again, and, and really it's getting close to doing everything. it. And here's the weird thing: when I looked at this question, though, I will say this about this year mm-hmm. in movies. So, first of all, of the stuff that's coming out in December, you know, the last couple of years i was like all kinds of looking forward i to was December. so giddy and i, I was don't going, know oh my god there are so many things yeah. that i think are going to be awesome yeah and this year i'm like you know there are things that i think are going to be pretty good i need to be <laughs> and, i know and i'm i'm not in any way in the same place yeah but at the same time yeah. right like last year if you had asked me this question and said you know what's a quick, what are the best like five right. that you've seen so far? I would like quickly have a list of five or at right. least two or three or yeah. something. And I'd go, oh, remember well, this one like this blew me that, away and, yeah, or something right. like that. I don't really have a lot of that either. Yeah. So this is like a really this weird, is weird. Year. I almost feel like I'm looking at a at a call list that isn't full, right? You know, because last year at this point, you know, and look, really the big thing up until Christmas Day, there's a few things that come out on on and around Christmas Day that are big. But right now, the only big thing on the horizon is The Hobbit. And I can't tell you how much I right. don't want to see that right. movie. Right. You know, but I'm the audience, I can't tell but you. It's, but it's still, not, it's not a movie where uh, even if you like The Hobbit, right? And yeah. even if you like the other two movies and you thought they were uh, good, good, and, and yeah. there are people out there. There are. There are I thought people. they were okay. Yeah. I mean, but... But this one, even still, like the best I can do is go. It'll probably be okay, right? <laughs> right? I mean, well, I mean, last not... year at this point, I was still excited. We're going to go see Django Unchained pretty quick. Right. Like we had right. like a week to go see that, and then we had a pile of screeners to go through, and they looked awesome right. back to back. And you know, we got that. I'll tell you, you know, this year is weird. Everything <laughs> that I am, everything that pops into my mind as like a really good time I had with a movie, yeah. Is more like indie things, like yeah. small, yeah, you know, smaller like indie things where it's like you get the screener and it, so you know the screeners of the movies have nothing on them except the, name right, of the just, movie, yeah. right? Yeah, they're they're like 
99% of the time. They're totally blank things that have the name of the movie. And a lot of the movies that I had the best time with this year are things that, like, I looked at the screener and went, what's that again now? Right. Because it's, you know, I mean, it's yeah. it's some littler thing like uh, um, Skeleton Twins, you yeah. know, which uh, came out in theaters, but didn't, it wasn't it like, was. hooray, here's yeah. the super awesome movie. Anyway, yeah. but... Uh, I don't know. This may be a weird year um, for our, our list. top 10 list. Yeah, that would right? be cool. And it might make better. I say that like you. I say it cold, trying to think off the top of my head. Once I start looking at the list, I'm sure I'll be like, well, okay, that's good. That was really strong. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, how great that was. Right. Hopefully it'll be that way. Otherwise, the lists will be really weird. Right. So anyway, that's Bill's <clears throat> one-two punch. That's, I think we're going to uh, hold off on the other question. I'll, we'll just save it until right. next week. Because um, otherwise we'll never get to <laughs> we'll never get to any right, movies. Right. All right. Uh, Horrible bosses too. Um, yeah. So so everyone was in line for this movie. I'm trying to figure out if I'm lower um, than you or higher. This is like the weird prices, right? Well, moment. this is the double weird thing, and I guess you know if you think there's some chance that the last ten minutes of this movie are going to Who knows? truly you know skew your yeah. opinion or something. I can't get off of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only, that's great. I only give it one yeah. even because there are <laughs> some fun ish yeah. parts uh where where Jason Bateman is in control. Yeah. He's and, great, man. Oh, and he's so good. This is like for me, this is the worst thing. You know, it's funny we're talking about like Star Wars, right? right. Because this is this is like the Star Wars Christmas special for me. This yeah. this is like some weird, you know, contractual obligation thing where, you know, if if you're out there listening to us and you think that people don't make movies because they are forced to basically at gunpoint, you are totally wrong. Right. Because right. When yeah. you sign up for Horrible Bosses One, right? You know that's just how contracts work in movies yeah. and acting. Like, hey, man, if we if we decide <laughs> we're making another one, you have to do it. Yeah. Or else you have to give us a bunch of money. Right. If you do it, we'll give you a bunch of money. Right. I mean, that's just you know how the industry works, right? And I just can't even like while I'm watching the movie, all I could think of was no one wants to be here. Right. Every single one of them would have. Every person who's in this movie would have ran screaming for the hills if yeah. they could do it. You yeah. know? I mean nobody this is, nobody said, God, this could might, we uh, could we right. jump on board, please, <laughs> and get that underway? No one fired their agent because they didn't get cast uh, in this film, right? That's what you mean. Right. Is it is it fair to ask you whether you liked or didn't like the first one? Can you remember? Yeah, because um, I I'm gonna I, say before you, I, I actually enjoyed the first one. I had a lot of funny crack up moments. I didn't love the first one. I would say if I had to guess, you know, this is like when we got that question yeah. about try and remember try how to you reviews. something, right? Um, I feel like I probably was about like four. Yeah, I feel like I was maybe, five. Maybe I feel like five? I was probably yeah somewhere around there. Well, and, just and the first one, the first one, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like. Yeah. But there were funny things. There are funny and, moments. And, and, and you know what was oddly different about the first one, especially since, you know, we've got each person focusing on their particular boss. Right. And then, and then once in a while we come together yeah. and, and plot or whatever. But we have these separate moments where, you know, they're not all together with each other's <laughs> bosses. Right. Right. We have, yeah. They have their individual moments. And I thought all of those parts in that movie where they're all separated, yeah, 
they all seemed like they were on board right. with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and and they were all doing a lot better stuff. Yeah. They were like having fun, you yeah. know. In this one, there's like you know, this is a weird thing to try and focus on, I guess, but you know, there's the scene where they're in the closet in this movie and uh, the laughing gas goes off. Right. And it's clearly like a more or less improved yeah. kind of a scene. And like that scene, it was like, you know, they look like they want to be here right now. It was like, I I feel like that was like filmed the first day or, <laughs> yeah. or something, right? Yeah. And it like stood out so much from everything else yeah. that happens in the movie where it just didn't seem like, and, and, and anyway, the, the only parts of the movie I liked were a hundred percent because of Jason Bateman and anything yeah. that I liked was because yeah. he was in the scene Yeah. And everything else, man, I, there was uh, – well, anyway, give your, give your rating before I just start <laughs> launching into I, I'm not that, I'm not that, on it. I'm not that far above you. I, I actually thought you were going to be at least a full whole number ahead, you know, but I'm at two and a half. You know, I, I, really, I really felt like the, the stuff that just could have worked only would have worked better if Jason Bateman had had more to do. It, it's hard. You don't, you don't hold this up to like – I'm not going to hold this up to – like 12 years a slave, like be like one of these is more realistic than the other. You, right. it, it's designed to be a comedy and it's designed by a comedy to be in the vein of like the hangover. Like, let's just push the line and let's, and let's really see how weird and wacky people yeah, that and, you would never associate with and, would be. And, you know, that, that comparison kind of works for me too. Yeah. Because I liked the first hangover movie. Yeah. That uh, was funny. It wasn't awesome. It was very funny. Um, but it was, you know, probably like, seven or eight or, you know, I don't know, something. There was there was a lot of stuff in there that I thought was good. All the sequels, I, I'm yeah. probably about the same, you know, like yeah. one or two. They're all right. awful. And, right. and this is exactly the same for me. Everything that's supposed to be funny is flat. Is There's nothing to it. It's, it's seriously like a bunch of kids on a schoolyard who right. are 13-year-olds wrote all the script right. and said, you know what's funny is this is really <laughs> this funny. This is what you got to do. And there are parts in the movie, there are parts in the movie that are a little bit funny. There there are some, there are a couple of spots where I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, like that's a, little, right. that's a yeah. little bit funny. Yeah. But a lot of it is just like so bizarrely badly written. And you know, the worst part about it for me is that everything is so massively telegraphed. Yeah, this is this is what I was going to say. Like you you know the funny thing that's going to happen in 10 minutes. Yeah. We're going to talk about that for 10 minutes now. Right. And and then and right. then the funny thing will happen and right. then laugh and you're like like really? Yeah. I mean the the movie is convinced that you had help getting to the theater yeah. because that's like how clever you are. Right. And except for Jason Bateman and like I said, you know, there's at least three or four different parts where I'd have just left or I'd have just started fast forwarded maybe yeah. or something if I if I had that option because it was just so weirdly goofy and you know another scene there's there's a part where they're uh, in in the hotel and they start having this like discussion about having right. sex with Jennifer Aniston yeah. you know and that scene should have been good right there's like a theory of that scene where that would be actually a Good and interesting scene. And the weird thing is, is that uh, all three of these guys are funny. 
Yeah, they in, are in themselves. Yeah, in they in, are in other things, in other places, in uh, several other movies. Right. most of them, and they can be funny, but you can only be so funny when you've got whatever it is that you have to say or right. whatever lines you're given or something. And in that scene, you know, I could feel like there was a theory of that scene and it was weird because it like, you know, it connected to the scene where they're brainstorming yeah. for me. Right. And the scene where they're brainstorming is actually kind of fun. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and then we get like the fast forward of them brainstorming and yeah. we just see them like around the table. And then you, get, I like that scene. you, you get all yeah. these pieces of them. Like, you know, now we're bonding right. and stuff and, and, uh, Jason Bateman never wants anything to do with it, but you know, he, he's like, well, fine. Then I can't stop anyone from brainstorming or right. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then you just see like this little fast forward and that was like a good scene. Right. But when we're doing this hotel thing, right. All I could think of was like. Uh, they had this brainstorming session, and our plan was like this scene. Yeah. Now let's sit around and brainstorm exactly what happens in the scene, and they're only listening to the guy with the zip line and the trampoline. Right. And, right. and, and that's how we and got how we to, go. the, to the end of the scene. Yeah. And it was just – it was like painful a lot of it. It was really weird. It, it, you're, it's important to remember, you're right, that you know Sudeikis and Charlie Day, those guys are funny. And, and they were part of what I thought was funny first film when when the film worked you know nothing touches jason bateman he's clearly the guy that you know has the talent and can deliver these and, lines and he's, and he's not, not even necessarily like the funniest I no mean, he's maybe not. He is he's almost maybe a straight he's not. man he's Who almost knows? often right. a straight man in this but he's also you know very quick to point out like at some point during this film right after they go into business with each other I'm thinking he's got his stuff together too much. He wouldn't be around these right. two sociopaths who clearly can't do Especially anything. Especially still, he's been in the first right. movie, right? So he knows, <laughs> so. but and that and um, but that's part of the funny story. For me, you know, you remove Jason Bateman from the scenes where he's really good, and I didn't wholly like the others. But I tell you, I liked every scene Chris Pine was in. I thought I thought he, he was really energetic he, he, and enigmatic. He, he was good. He he carried the scenes when he's on screen when Jason Bateman is quiet because it's then a bunch of everybody else talking. Right. And I and I thought it was I thought it was really cool to see him be able to play that interest other than the frat boy Captain Kirk thing that he's getting pigeonholed to. Right. Right. You know, or the new Jason Bourne kind of thing that's happening with him. That that thing. Uh. You, you know, I like I like that. You know, right. and I thought he did really well with that. More so than it was awkward to just see Christoph Waltz. It's good to see him. Yeah, he he was okay, but he didn't really. But he 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 seemed like he was in this movie as a favor to somebody. Exactly. Just like how right. Jamie Foxx also reprises his role. Right. And shows up, but it almost had the feeling of when the film was. It, it wasn't like this, but if the film had been made and then Jamie Foxx got famous and came back to do the role because it helped him get famous, like that's how it felt to me. Right. Like it was just. It it wasn't that he was contractually obligated. Right. You know, it felt to me like Christoph Waltz. Even Jennifer Aniston, to an extent, because uh, she is in the movie much like Jamie Foxx, yeah. um, because we can force her to. Right. We don't really have a place for her to go, except that we have... We'll nick one out for her, we though, have some, but yeah. We can say sex things right. if she's in the movie, right. and so then and apparently, she ties to that. Yeah. But this movie, for me, like uh, Christoph Waltz and Jamie Foxx and Jennifer Aniston... 
it this felt to me like they were all filming another movie on the set next door. Right. And, and Kevin Spacey too. And he showed up yeah. for, he showed up for lunch he's, he's and did his and did his deal and then was gone. They're all filming on sets that are close by. He looked, and by they the way. Said, uh, Can you come over for like a half hour? Yeah, you got a half hour and, to kill. Uh, yeah. yeah. He looked so tan for a guy that was in prison. <laughs> I don't know what scenes he was supposed to have been filming, but I I agree. You know, and I and it's also weird too. Like the thing that the thing that is supposed to work, and for me anyway, didn't. And I'm looking to laugh. I I, I'm really ready to have fun with the film. I felt like I was supposed to, and therefore expected to guffaw and slap my knee when Jennifer Aniston talked dirty. Right, and she talks dirty all the time because she's addicted to sex. She says so if she's talking about genitals or sex acts or positions, like it's supposed to be riotous. Just, I guess it's just, just because, because she's it's her. saying it. Right. right, and that's not enough. Yeah, no. And it's not that even she's doing a bad job. It's just that no, you need thought, to do, you need to do more than what you're good. doing. She is. You need to do more than what she's doing to set up the scene. Right, exactly. And, and in, in a way, like when you see a really great comedy, whether you want to talk about Beverly Hills Cop, which is ages ago, and then they got everybody together for the sequel, and it didn't work. Right. Because the jokes, you, you can't run the same jokes through the same load. You right, know, it just right. doesn't work. You know, I, I thought she was there. People like to give her a lot of crap. Maybe she can't carry a movie on her own. But in this instance, certainly, she's just doing what the director and the writer we'll, are putting in front of her. We'll and see in Cake. Right? Well, we will. That's coming yeah, up. That's, that's right. supposed to be a big thing. So it was, but I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think that she wasn't doing anything bad. I no. think she was doing what she was doing really well, actually. Ad, oddly, yeah. It's just that this is what she's got to do. Yeah. And, and uh, so we'll assume that you've seen the trailer. Right. right. Um. Normally, we might give you some uh, setup of what happens in the movie, yeah. but uh, the trailer spells it out perfectly, yeah, right. and and yeah. it's it's just that simple that it doesn't really have to tell you anything else. We got the same three guys. They invent this thing to be used in the shower. They uh, want to be their own bosses because yeah. they hate their horrible bosses, and they're thinking, you know, we stick this thing on QVC. We never have to work again, whatever. Yeah. I mean, some kind of, you know, it shows up in Target, and we're rich, and right. we invented a thing. Um, you know, whatever, and they get uh, Christoph Waltz and his son. Is, yeah. You know, they make him an offer, and it turns out to screw him over. They need to kidnap him, and yada yada. Whatever happens in the trailer, that's just that's exactly the, it. That's right? the storyline. Yeah. And you know, the weird thing for this, like when we went into this movie, I said I have no expectations. <laughs> yeah. I I actually thought going into this that I had the perfect expectations. Uh, to give this the highest rating I possibly could, because yeah. I had no expectations, and therefore, if the movie did anything funny, right, I was going to like it more than it deserved, right, 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 and and I still could not like it. And you know, the problem for me in in every in every scene that happens is uh, this movie just doesn't get comedy. It's right. so weird to watch this movie with people who are funny, yeah. Uh, I I imagine mostly people who at least delivered something in the first movie. Yeah. And it's like everything about this movie from a comedy standpoint that could be wrong is wrong. Like in the in the parts you're talking about uh, Jennifer Aniston and even the part we see in the trailer like where we have this uh Jason Bateman thinks he's in a AA meeting oh, so right, then yeah. yeah and then he starts talking about his alcohol addiction but really uh-huh. he's in a room where it's a sex, sex addiction, addiction thing and right. then and then so that's hilarious right and and yet it's not actually right yeah. but even the other parts where Jennifer Aniston's in it and we're going to have all this 
stuff about sex and it's going to be really funny, none of it gets set up, yeah. right? None of it has any any build to it. And so it's like all you have are are punchlines, you right. know? It's like it's like you're uh reading like a book of one-liners that only has the punchlines, yeah. you know? And there's there's nothing to sell what's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like if Porky's is funny or something, right. it's like, it's just that this happened, that it's funny. <clears throat> yeah. And it's just not. It's yeah. just that Jennifer Aniston is uh, saying totally crude, yeah. gross things. Yeah. And and so it's just funny that she says that. Yeah. And if it's not, then, well, we can't help you because right. that's all she that's, all that's, she's there that's all we've got. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, you've got other things where they set stuff up pretty well even if it's like most of what they set up is like you know it's old and tired and it's all cliche at this point and it's you've seen it a billion times before but still they spend some time setting something up and then there's supposed to be something funny at the end and what they do at the end is like for one second they don't really hit it at all so it has like no chance to be funny you know at the beginning when the three guys go and meet with uh, with Chris Pine, and and he's like giving him this whole spiel, he's like yeah. the rich guy, he's like selling him on this giant office and everything, and like on and on and on, we set that up, and and they don't want the deal, and then he goes, oh well, you didn't realize the deal was for this much, and then they're like, well, wait a minute, yeah, we uh, like that deal, I, I do want the deal, yeah. and then Christoph comes in and he's like I told you not to use my my and they and you get you get nothing out of that in the right. end because they spend like 2 seconds on it yeah and they don't they don't sell you anything on you know it's not till later really when they're on the golf course right that you kind of get the real uh you know, he's his own son is like his lackey in a way right. who's yeah. uh you know, broke into his office and it's it's almost like, you know, some other movie from like the eighties or nineties where, you know, they the <laughs> the janitors get together and yeah. try to pretend they have a business to right. screw somebody and they break into the offices or something like yeah. that. But but you get like no sell on that yeah. at all, and you had you're watching all this buildup of it, you know, and then and it doesn't really get you anything yeah. in the end, except that it moves us on once Christoph Waltz finally comes in and says, "I'll give you the deal right. or whatever," so that we can watch them build their business, yeah, and and, and see that cutscene. But everything that's funny or supposed to be funny in the movie is either just not funny at all. Or it's you know just the punchlineness, yeah. Or it's like all this setup with nowhere to go, you know. And and like in that hotel scene where they're having this conversation with each other, and like I said, that ought to be a really good scene. If you had that scene in the middle of a much better movie with way better people, yeah, uh, writing it, that would be a hilarious scene. Yeah. And then at the end when you when you turn and suddenly like his wife is there, right? It would actually be really had, funny. Had a moment. Right? Right. There something would happen. But you know, when they're doing that scene, they all look like they don't want to be there really. Yeah. Except for I mean, I guess they kinda get into the the part a little bit once they turn around and yeah. they and they see the wife and right. then it's like and there's a lot of this movie that feels like you know, for like thirty seconds 
you know, just go, just like right. improv, just right. like say what you think you would be saying. Cause they're all talking over each other. They're all just like, kind of go, yeah. you know, and, and with these guys that they should have enough stuff working for them that they could do hilarious stuff. But this yeah. is like, did we just do like one take and go whatever, right. And whatever hit move on. And what yeah. difference would it make if we did? Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a, Really disappointing film, but it's also a kind of puzzling film in a soft way because I didn't have any expectations either. Like right. I, I enjoyed – I remember watching the first one and just being amused at all the different stuff and all the different situations, and, and it, was, right. it was fun. You and, know? and what was good about the first one for me anyway was, like I said, when they have those uh, – you know, everyone to their separate boss – and watching whatever those two characters are play off each other right. uh, really well. Yeah. And in this one, it was sort of like, except for Jason Bateman, who's supposed to be like the, the sanity right. in the room, right? We took the other two guys and said, you know, if they're, if they're this much of whatever they are, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, the, you know, the one guy is, is just, lost in reality yeah. sort of well, it's almost like somebody someone like you love this notion where someone takes a psych class or you know some 101 class and then they think they can write a dissertation on right. it this is almost like someone was like hey i heard this great idea what if we had three guys one was the ego one was the id and one was the super right, ego right, right. And, let's make them that even though people do don't really that, right? work that way and if right. they did you'd get far away from them very right. quickly and and this is you know where you take whatever traits they have that we kind of developed those characters in the first movie, and then with this movie you said okay well Jason Bateman has to kind of stay the same because yeah. he has to be our regular guy voice of reason yeah. kind of thing. But the other two guys, if they were funny when they were this much, right. let's make them ten times that much, right. and that right. will be even more funny, right? Right. Except, no, no. not really. Yeah. It's just, uh, there are and, certain points where you're watching it going, you know, when they go to break into the house. I was just going to say this. That whole scene could have been really, really fun. Right. And absolutely becomes riddled with problems and unfunny moments because they don't trust what they're doing. And there's no good precipice behind what they're doing once they start doing it. Right. So. They're they're just kind of, uh, it. it's really weird, like, you know, like Jason Bateman says, I could just leave right now. Right. Oh, I can't because they'll just. Yeah, they'll say I was here. They'll just. Yeah. <laughs> they'll just say I was here. And actually, they wouldn't. They wouldn't remember a thing because they're stupid enough to just be like, "Did we? Who drove? You know, <laughs> right. How did we get here?" But they go up to the door and they're breaking in, and then they ring the doorbell, and then they start singing along to the music of the doorbell and stuff, and yeah. it's just, it's just so stupid. Yeah. That all of a sudden, you, you know, you just can't care anymore. You know. Right. And then, luckily, the movie has a few things that happen so that you get back to at least getting one right. out of ten, right? Right. Because then it's like they they when they wake up and they leave and they, they go to their building and then they find him in the trunk, that scene was actually not too bad, right? right? But mostly just because of him. Yeah, he because sells every scene. He's, yeah. he's such a... a bizarre like pampered sociopath yeah whatever he yeah. is that you know he really kind of like sells that scene and then the thing that's uh, another thing that i think detracted from the movie was um there's a little too much like in that scene uh he just goes chris pine right he just like goes yeah and he's just 
saying whatever he's saying, and he is the character because he's this rich kid that he just kind of goes and what he expects happens is that everyone just kind of plays along and everyone plays along until all of a sudden somebody goes, what's happening here? Yeah. And there's just, and that worked Yeah. in that scene. And then they just keep doing it. Yeah. Right? So, so I think that was funny when that happened. So like 20 minutes from now, what we'll do is we'll just make some craziness and right. have one of the guys go, what's happening here? Right. Like, it's like, you know, if you use that and do what you're doing, then it's funny. Just because something's funny doesn't mean do it five more times right. in, the, in the movie. Right. And, and it's weird when something like what they're trying to do in this film, which we say doesn't work, and you see it work so well. And, and again, we just brought it up again. It's not the A-plus of comedy. But in The Hangover, when you have characters who go from one outrageous and outlandish scene, and they all have their weird quirks, but these are all people who I believe really could work and live near me. You know, These are all characters... Even Galifianakis' character is a bit flighty and weird, but he could be the guy but, across the street. But, but, if they but go, at least we get a good reason for like sucking exactly. him into it. If we if we go from you know nobody knows what's happening and we go into this pat you know this pitfall and then that pratfall and then this weird predicament, like how did they get a police car? And then they actually go through a believable yet comedic way of doing it. In this one, they just tap some cop on the shoulder. He turns around. They jump in the car and then they're gone. Right. And you're it's supposed just, to buy it like. There's a subtlety and there's a maturity to delivering comedy, and it doesn't all have to be the highest brow of anything. But for me, one of the things that really worked against the film was that, like you said, I I don't feel like they trusted the story to be funny and that they ran real hard to throw everything in front of you one line after another. And and in funny lines, certainly you can have people in a funny moment when, when you hit that scene that's working, keep pushing and hitting that funny button, and you'll have everybody's funny bone exposed anyway, but don't just swing away at somebody and hope you hit the funny bone. Right. And then when you do try to remember where it was, because in the frantic spinning of like circling and trying to find what it was that was working, you've lost the intent of the whole scene. And now we just have a jumble of maybe that's funny. Maybe right. it isn't. And for me anyway, and it sounds like for you, it was almost always not funny. Right. right. And, and, and they, they and tried too that, hard they don't, too often. They don't know where they're sort of going exactly. So yeah. then all of a sudden, everything that, you look at something and think it might work or, you know, whatever it, it kind of can re suck you in sometimes a little bit and you go, well, okay, maybe something. But then, like I said, you know, it's just 13 year olds going, if someone says boobs, right. Then, then and that's funny. funny. Right. And, and, yeah. and now we're all laughing. Right. Yeah. And it, and it never works. And you know, it's weird. Like you said about uh, the police car, you yeah. know, and like, it because there's so much of this movie that's trying to be funny for you know somewhat smart reasons they build this whole plan eventually where it's not a bad plan no the plan's actually and really good clearly the plan is going to go wrong and that's what's going to be funny right right, right. but you're trying to be sort of this uh at least slightly intellectual comedy uh and do funny things for those reasons and then and then the other half of the time, it's like Abbott and Costello or something. Right. It's just like, and you know, if you just want to be zany, right. crazy, insane, then okay, do that. And right. if you want to, if you want to go, you know, no one's done the Three Stooges for a while, let's so let's see if anyone laughs yeah. at that. Then fine, yeah. but do that. You yeah. can't. You can't make like half a Three Stooges movie what? one way and make the other half all of a sudden they're really smart. Right. Yeah, right. And things yeah. happen for real reasons. Right. 
And, you know, we're like all of a sudden not just being stupid and hit someone with a hammer and see if people laugh, right? You can't like be both things and bounce back and forth all the time. There's like a 45 second scene where near the end where there's a cop chase and there's a train and you see this in the trailer and there's a break in the action. and, And really what we do for about 40, 45 seconds worth of time is we watch all four characters Jamie Foxx and the three leads in a car eating Twizzlers. Right. Quietly, but loudly. And, and, and this elicits and the, and the cheaters and, and the, the train just keeps going. going and the cops are over there, but they're trying right. not to lose the cops. Right. They need the cops to follow right. them, so they stop and they wait. And what we get is almost a minute long of people chewing loudly. And the audience that we saw it with were teetering with laughter. Like, this is like a weirdly dumb moment that right. seems funny. To them, it didn't seem funny to me. I was like, this scene now has gone on 44 seconds too long. Like, right. why Why is this? Who's it's, making these decisions? It, like, what is this one? For? It's one of those scenes. It's not like an original idea or anything. Right. It's, it's one of those scenes where it's like, if we just keep looking at something happen. Right. It, then it's awkward. And then and, it has to and be And then funny, it gets more and, and more awkward. Yeah. And then how people deal with that awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And you know the thing that I hated about that scene for me, uh, I think I told you this like at one of the when we broke <laughs> one, one of our missions the film broke was yeah. that uh you know in a different movie in a in a different like setup you could have almost that exact same scene and Jason Bateman was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he would have been hilarious. Right. You know, he's like staring at at Jamie Foxx next to him who's like chewing really loud. Yeah. And he's just sitting there and he's just obviously like the guy who doesn't want to be there (laughs) in a car with people that he cannot believe do not, not want to be there more. And, and he's not doing anything, but he's, he's actually telling you stuff. Yeah. Even without doing anything, just by the way he's looking around, Mm -hmm. by the expressions he's making at other people and everything. And that should be a scene, too, that, you know, works. Like, that's a scene that, theoretically, you could go, well, that would be pretty funny if we just kept watching them right. for a little while. Right. Maybe not for as long as we do. Yeah. But for a little while, that would be kind of funny. And if you have someone who can kind of sell that and pull it off, like Jason Bateman can, yeah. that should work. Yeah. But in this, you're just going, really? Yeah. Am I really still watching this? <laughs> well, for for me, we're getting pretty close, and that's fine. Sure. Uh oh. Now we just lost everything. What just happened? I don't know. Um, I'm going to assume. Oh yeah, there you go. I'm going to assume. All that, right, that, that was fun. That was a weird blip. But for me, you know, two and a half stars comes from Jason Bateman carrying the film whenever he's allowed to, and Chris Pine being really engaging whenever he's on the scene, right. with or without those guys. Even scenes when he's just doing all this other stuff. You know, I found him to be really fun. Like that was that was a good surprise. But. Everything else falls flat. It's unfunny. It's forced. You know, it just felt like, and and it, it, and it's all. There's a lot of you know. There's so much of this that I I feel like it's weird in a way too because this movie should be something that is you know the premise of this movie just tricks you into thinking that the idea is that we're moving somewhere different. Mm -hmm. You know, this movie and the first one really is that we're doing something wild and crazy and different. Yeah. And let's see what happens. And in this movie, it's like everything that happens is 
you know, it's like we pulled it out of the 50s or yeah. from Three's Company right. or something. Right. It's like, you know, he gets caught outside and the security guard sees him. And then, oh, it turns out the security guard's just a guy who's right. showing up. He's not really like the building security yeah. or anything. Yeah. And it's all like, you know, you've got these guys like listening at the door while Chrissy starts talking about, you know, making food and you think she's talking about sex or, right. you know, whatever. It's just all this like, just like, boring old stuff that you've seen a million times and, before and and you're going really right why, don't, why is that what i'm watching for the audience don't make the mistake that double entendres innuendo all these things that work as a staple in a 22 minute sitcom like they misfire here right like that stuff is normally funny right potentially not here no. you know not not when it's being pushed over the cliff at 90 miles an hour and you don't even have a chance to see, but you already see everything that's coming. I, there's only one moment that surprised me in the film, even though this is really funny, we didn't see the whole film, but man, we came real close. We came close enough, but there was one moment that Chris Pine does that kind of surprised me. And I was suddenly re-energized for just a few minutes to watch it again. Because I I thought that that was a really fun moment. And it's so just bizarre because, uh, what's, what was potentially very funny is uh, that they they lay out the whole plan right. of how they're going to uh, get the money for the kidnapping. They lay out this whole plan, and you sort of you know see it in their mind, but you like watch it happening as though it in were, this room as, as though acting, it were yeah. happening, right? But they're just telling the story of it happening. Yeah, it's like you're watching like Ocean's Eleven, right? And yeah. they're they're talking about how stuff is going to work. Yep. and you see it happen, right? But then that didn't really <laughs> happen yet. We yeah. were just talking about it, right? And so they do that, and and you're like, you know, that's that's like a plan. Yeah. And then obviously what's going to happen is that it's not going to work out that way, right? But when they start actually doing it, it's so bad. Yeah. It's like it didn't need to be that bad, right? right? And right. it's still you still could get you, you know it's not like um it's not like you really have to be an idiot. Yeah. For this not to work. Right. You really kind of just have to be a normal person for this right. not to work, right. right? And and they didn't have to go so far with all that all that stuff. And that was a part too when they were making that plan. I was like sitting there going, maybe it like picks up, yeah. And this and, could be like the real and, rush and starts yeah. getting better and starts uh, worrying a little bit more uh, about having the story make the humor yeah, right. instead of just throwing out throwing a one-liner. Out. Yeah. No. That was a part where I thought it was going to do that. And then that part you're talking about where the, it is kind of surprising yeah. what happens. And then I started thinking, well, what I started thinking was, well, it's too late now. Right. Me too. <laughs> but yep. but I started thinking, oh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, who knows? maybe some crazy yeah. stuff's going to happen, except that it's so far yeah, it's into things at that point. But that was an interesting scene yeah. anyway. And you know, it was weird interesting about that scene is when they come out and and start talking to Christoph Waltz when they do it in the plan yeah you were like right. sure right absolutely when they do it in real life you're like well but it, he knows who you are yeah right it's pretty easy <laughs> it's, yeah it's yeah. not like anyway you right. basically gave it a star just for Jason Bateman right uh, I, I mean re- basically I, he I was I really kind of did yeah I, I nothing wrong it, with that I, I mean, gave it a star for the fact that uh he, there were times when I was at least having an okay time watching him yeah right even too. if I was hating the movie yeah and 
and I actually struggled with this one a little bit because I was like, uh, every time that I really want to walk out of the movie, how many stars should that take off? <laughs> and, yeah, right. And wh- how do you factor wow. that in exactly? I don't know. I, I just couldn't anyway. stand it. And there, there's nothing that I like really laughed at at any point. Yeah. Was there anything that I really laughed at? There was some stuff that I said, well, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if that's as good as it gets, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. All right. Uh, we're running out of time. Do you want to just say like a fox catcher like uh, rating? Nah. All right. We'll just we'll save that for yeah. uh, for another time. And um, we'll be back next week with uh, something else too. With but probably several things. Yeah. Especially since uh, nothing giant. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't think is hitting next yeah. week. We'll probably just uh, cover several littler things or something like that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We will uh, jump out of here before the time yeah. actually runs out. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please share, subscribe, tell all your friends, rate us on iTunes and uh, all that good stuff. And we will uh, see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.